I lost everything. That dog was a final gift from my dying wife. Jonathan, you got out once. You dip so much as a pinky back into this pond, you may find something reaching out to pull you back in. It's personal. Where'd you get that car? What does it matter? It's not what you did, son. It's who you did it to. The nobody? That nobody. Hey everybody, welcome to UF Watches Podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And today we are talking about what everyone is going as Halloween this year. It's October. This is the good way to start off the month. Number one costume of the year has got to be John Wick. Patrick Warburton? Oh. No. That's my costume this year. Is that your costume this year? Patrick Warburton? Yeah. (laughs) Can you do the voice? I, uh. I've been working on it just a little bit. Get in there. I, 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 I'm there. I, I'm like 80%. I'm like yeah. 80%. Uh, my one buddy, Mike, does that voice very well. I have to send you a, a video of him doing it, playing Fortnite. Ask for tips. Um, I need tips. Yeah. Um, so that's your Halloween costume. Ryan, what's your costume going to be? I don't know yet. Dude, it's October. What the hell? Yeah. I'll figure it out. If last you've second. got like three weeks to figure it out. <laughs> I'll figure it out last minute. Hurry, you, that last week, you're not going to be able to find anything. That's because that's if I, that is if I was going to go as anything you could find at a Halloween store. I typically don't do that. What was your costume you last year? You go with like ironic things? Well, I guess last year, I guess pick a costume. I guess I would have to go. The last time I dressed up as anything was Fry from Futurama for the Comic-Con we went to. That's right. You that did? was the last I time like I dressed that. up for anything. I'm really trying to come up with a cosplay for my division character that I play in my video game, but kind of expensive That's stuff cool. I've got to buy. <laughs> I, I thought about doing a cosplay for the one character I play play as in Fortnite, but it's just a Star Lord costume, and I already have that, so really no work at all. <laughs> it's it's Star Lord with a scarf, pretty much. He's going to oh, dress yeah. up that and go sense. to the local elementary school because that's going to be the, the only other people dressed up in Fortnite costumes. Yeah, yeah. Well. <laughs> no, I have my costume picked out. Um, I can't say what it is, though, because it's it's a surprise. You guys know what it is, oh, but I'm I not saying wait. it on the show. Let's just say my wife is not happy about part of it. <laughs> I don't know if I know what your costume is. You know. She's not happy I about don't. what. She, yeah, it's about it's from something that we've talked about on this show in the last few months. So I can't wait to see then. Anyway, uh, we're going to talk about the first John Wick, a film that Ryan had never seen. True. Um, <laughs> I but, didn't know what else to say to that. It's good. It's the, it's the concept of the show. Yeah, I know. So, yeah. Um, so, Devin, you had seen this before. When was the first time you saw this? Was it in theaters? I act- so I actually, so I heard of John Wick when it first came out. People were like, oh my God, Keanu Reeves is so good in it. And I went, yeah, it's going to be a dumb action movie. I don't care. And then Romana's dad came to visit and he made us watch John Wick 2 when it was in theater. So I watched number two before number one, loved number two, then went back and obsessed over number one. And I've seen it probably five to seven times in the last year. Number one. Number one, this is like after seeing it, like I bought it on DVD or Blu-ray and just keep watching it. 
Nice. I, I saw problem. it once when it first came out on home video because everyone was like, oh, my God, John Wick's amazing. So yeah. I watched it then. I was like, oh, this is good. And then I haven't seen two. And the first oh. time I rewatched it was the other day with Ryan. But you've seen three. I've not seen three. I've not seen two or three. I wanted to rewatch one before I watched two and I wanted to watch two before I saw three. So now I'm at the point where I can watch two and three together. So now we can do episodes on all of them. Yeah. We're doing it boys. Um, living the dream. Uh, well, I want to get, I want to get to three because I feel like that's going to be in our best of the year episode at the end of the year, which we're closer to than we are like the previews for the, for this year. So that's crazy. So I haven't seen two, but I did see the New York Comic-Con panel for two, where they brought out the director, Keanu Reeves, and Ian McShane. Was it amazing? It was amazing, but I was not there for that panel. Oh, no. I was there for the Power Rangers part of that panel, because it was all Lionsgate. So they brought out like the new Power Rangers and the director, and they showed the trailer that they released online that morning. So I had already seen it. So like, what? What's the <laughs> hell? The point of coming to the panel if you already showed me the trailer? But I got all the posters, which I was okay with. Actually, no, I didn't get the Black Ranger. Oh, I got all the posters for the Rangers except for the black one. Did his run out first, or like you could yeah, find his them? Yeah, his ran out first. That's a shame. Yeah. Um, got to find someone for it. Yeah, so I got to see Keanu. I got to be in the same room as Keanu Reeves. I'm so jealous. That dude. day, I was in the same room as the Power Rangers, Keanu Reeves, Ian McShane, and Matt Damon. Like Matt Damon, the Great Wall panel was right before all this, so we walked in on that. Interesting panel. Was we, it attended? It was surprisingly, and it it made the movie look good. I got this souvenir coin for the Great Wall that I have. Like yeah. I, feel, I feel like that's gonna be that's already worth nothing, and it's just gonna get worse. Did you um, see the movie? No. Did you? No. No. Did you, Ryan? What movie? The Great Wall. I Matt Damon Matt. fighting monsters on the Great Wall of China. I probably saw a preview f- for it and was like, "Oh, that's interesting." Then just automatically forgot about it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. So, so Devin, you said you were going to get emotional at the top of this. So have at it. We didn't. Oh, yeah. Let's just get this done over with. Okay. So the big thing with John Wick, if you haven't seen the movie or you've been living under a rock for a while, Devin's. (laughs) He lives in New Jersey. My hands, guys. (laughs) So Theon Greyjoy kills his dog. He kills the freaking dog. There's no reason that dog did nothing to you. It was adorable the whole time. Sorry, I'm mad. Yeah. Oh, and they show the... Oh, it it was like bleeding and it crawled its bleeding ass over to him and oh, it cuddled. Yeah. Like that, like rewatching it, I I noticed that this time. I was like, oh my God, that's, that's so painful. That's how you get me invested in a movie. Ryan, did that immediately invest you in the movie? But knowing that the dog died and knowing the circumstances around it to begin with sold me on the movie before even seeing it. And then of course oh, really? and then of course seeing it happens, like, yeah, I can see why everybody gets upset about this. Like that's seriously my feeling towards it. 
because I used to be one of those people that would get so upset at like an animal dying. But now at this point, knowing that it's a CG dog or it's a puppet or it's not real, like it, yeah, it doesn't really affect me anymore like it used to. Well, at least they don't show it happen. Yes. Well, they don't show it crawl over, but they show it get punched. They, they I, show it technically get kicked. They show it get shoved. They don't see it get hit that it gets killed. You hear it off screen. Yeah. Like it's a thud. Um, and I think not seeing it suffer is even more painful. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, it's like him like react. You get his reaction. and It's it's so powerful because of Keanu. Oh, they're oh yeah, we'll talk about that. Um, Which can we say that it took his career how long for somebody to say that scene was so powerful because of Keanu? Because for so long yeah. he's been a surfer bum. Like that's who he was. Even after the Matrix, people were like, oh, it's he's just playing himself. Outside of John Wick, what do you guys think of Keanu Reeves from? Like, first Matrix. movie, Matrix? Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Okay. I've never seen those. I've never seen those either. That yeah. was like his so, like, first stuff. Know. See, I've always seen him as just that. Like, a California version of Wayne from Wayne's World. Like, that's pretty <laughs> much what Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure is, is... Wayne and Garf, not in Chicago, but what if Wayne and Garf grew, uh, grew, grew, uh, grew up in uh, in California instead of Aurora? Yeah, and, and instead of Aurora, it, it, that's what that, that's who they are. Um, I think of Speed because yeah, I, I think I saw that before the Matrix. What was it? Speed. Oh, I've never seen Speed, so Spam I don't, I don't even bus. know from that. Oh, that's on the list. Yes, yeah, Speed's yeah. on the list, and Speed is like I said. He's still playing like I still see it. I, I, I see him as the California surfer bum teenager that became a cop because that was something that he could do. Yeah, but like he, grow up. But he still had that like California surfer like attitude that he had from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure was in his character in speed to a point. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, well, it's, I just, like- it's one of the, I love Keanu now and he's become a great yeah. actor. I'm just saying, I I find that sentence to be like, who would have thought that that sentence would be like a thing about him as an actor? Here's a hot take. I think the internet's too much in love with Keanu Reeves. It is. Oh, 100,000% they are. Not that there's nothing to love there. He's a great guy. He's gone through some shit. He seems like a cool dude. Super talented. Happy for him. Internet needs to calm down a bit. (laughs) I I mean, that internet needs to calm down a bit is like a rule of thumb. Yeah, but especially towards Keanu, like he's a he has his own Fortnite skin twice. Yeah, um, yeah, like the whole E three thing where you're you're beautiful, like that that's a cool meme, but it just needs to die, like it just needs yeah. to stop. Um, they like put him in a video game, like that didn't happen. I mean, I'm fine with that, but I'm not gonna buy that game just because of Keanu. No, I didn't. No, even, I was gonna buy the game anyway. I didn't even see Keanu because of Keanu. So why would I remember that, that Key and Peele movie with, with the cat named Keanu? No, I don't remember that movie. Oh, it was like right before it was between Key and Peele and get out. Key and Peele had a movie called Keanu where they have a cat that they named Keanu. And I'm pretty sure at one point the cat is voiced by Keanu Reeves. Wow. Oh, uh, that's like, 
that hurts. That's going to go on the uh, we've never seen list for any of us. Have you seen it? Okay, good. I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I barely, like, I know that it's a movie, but I don't remember anything about this. Okay. All right. So. Uh, I, I really enjoy this movie. Yeah. It's, I can, I'm not a huge fan of just nonstop action. So I kind of get bored in those scenes. But everything in between those, I love the dialogue, the the reactions to everything that's going on in this movie is what sold it for me. Like the uh, your son just walked in with a with a car that he stole. Oh, it it was John Wick's shit. And then that's the end of the conversation, like just the the wittiness of the dialogue and the conversations and the, what happens in this is what draws me in. Like, it's so clever. Or like that cover. Yeah. Or like when he calls him or he calls John wick and he's like, look, we don't have to resort to violence. Like, we don't, you know, just calm down. It'll be okay. And John wick just hangs up on him. And the guy goes, the guy from the insurance commercials is like, what did he say? And the guy goes enough. Yeah. Like, Oh boy. It, it's like, it's like if a shitty '90s movie like Face Off was done right. I don't want to hear that. Huh? I like Face Off. <laughs> Face Off is the epitome of a just a purely '90s body count action movie, where you throw two popular named actors for like their base salary request, and you just let them go at it. Yeah. What more needs to be done in Face Off? I mean, if it was taken seriously. It was probably taken serious. But at the same time, do you really take a movie serious with both of those actors in it? Like, how how can you? You've got Nicolas Cage and John Travolta. It should not be taken as dead seriously as, let's say, like the movie Commando with Arnold Schwarzenegger in it. I don't even think Commando is taken seriously. No, it, it is, and that's its problem. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. That that whole shot of like the biceps lock like the arms locking with the biceps sweating. I don't know how seriously I take that. That's because I it's an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie and they took it a bit too seriously for what it was, but still, <laughs> Face Off is not a shitty movie. I'm not saying it's a shitty movie. I'm saying this movie is like if they they <laughs> If they weren't just, uh, Alan, Alan, I, I think I know. What you, I think yeah. I know what you're going for. Because, like, the point I of Face Off you... is here are these two two huge actors. Let's just let them have all the fun in the movie. And this one is like, let's take these pretty well known actors and instead of just letting them have fun in the movie, let's build a lot of stakes and put a lot more thought into this movie than it itself deserves. Yes, because like, let's build this world. And then just have have fun in this world, not just let them go crazy. It's like that's that's established this universe, like a whole universe around these characters who are ultimately just going crazy. Like, yes, that I totally agree with you. I just wanted to get at you for saying it. that Face Off was a shitty movie. I'm sorry, <laughs> I have to. I'm, I'm going to take def- your face <laughs> off. <laughs> <laughs> Papa's oh got God. a brand new bag. <laughs> uh, 
So wait, Ryan, you've been quiet. What did you think about this movie? I've been waiting for somebody to ask me what I've been thinking. Yeah, about what did you movie. think about it? <laughs> okay, so as as Alan said, uh, the, the first time I saw it uh, was with Alan Monday morning. Um, since that seems to be a good time for both of us to actually see these films. Yep. Um, and right from the get go, when they take the stolen Mustang into the shop, and the look on the the guy's face i forget his name but he's in moulin rouge and he's in john leguizamo john leguizamo and he's also in land of the dead which i love him in that but that's a different story um anyway what's the what's the Devin, what's the first thing you think of when you see john leguizamo was moulin rouge oh okay uh, you, am i the only you know, one who thinks of super mario brothers the movie Oh my God, that was him. Actually, for me, it's tied between Moulin Rouge and the fact that he played the clown in Spawn. It goes back and forth depending uh, on oh, that was him too? my mental state. So what I'm hearing is, yes, I'm the only one who thinks of Super Mario Brothers. Yes, you are. Damn it. Okay, I so love that you do, though. When he goes into the shop and he, he sees the car and he pauses and he goes, where'd you get this? They didn't let you know if the guy in the shop was like a good guy, a bad guy, what type of relationship he had with the like the Russians that pulled into the shop. Just his reaction alone was made made me happy because I've been waiting to see an action film where everybody, everybody, including the antagonist, is like, oh, shit, I'm dead. Yeah. Like I've been waiting for that because even in like the most hardcore action movies that you can find up until now, there's always somebody who looks at like the hero and doesn't see him for how good or strong he is. Like nobody really, you know, like you still have a handful of people who don't acknowledge the skill set that the person has that's coming after them in this film. Everybody does. And just like everything that you were saying, like how he asked a question and he didn't say anything. And then the mayhem guy was like, so what do you say? And then he said enough because nothing was said because nobody needs to say anything. Everybody's going to die. And they know that. I love that. And I think I told you that after we saw it, like Mm -hmm. I've been like, everybody just acknowledges the fact of like, oh God, we woke up death. Like (laughs) (laughs) woke up the boogeyman. Um, yeah, I think uh, another thing that works really well about this movie is that they take the trip, typical action movie tropes and kind of flip them. Like they they play with the 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 typical action movie a little bit. So you have those reactions of "oh shit," where where this was a mistake. Mm-hmm. Whereas normally it would be like "let him come." Yeah, he he won't make it past my gods. Um, right, like he wasn't an arrogant villain. He's like he knew what he started. It's got a great cast. I forgot Willem Dafoe was in this. I did too. I mean, How? like the third time I watched it. I was going to say, you watched this like eight yeah. times. How did you, if you forgot. Yeah, like this time I caught him, but you like, need to go see a he's doctor. the one part I keep forgetting. Yeah. I Every time I see Willem Dafoe, I just think of that line from the Weird Al song. He's wearing that dumb power Rangers mask, but he's scarier <laughs> without it on. He is though. The fact that they put him in that mask and when they cast him as the Green Goblin is the biggest mistake they made in the Spider-Man trilogy. And I'm counting Spider-Man oh. 3 in that. I would say the whole trilogy, really? Yeah. It's a bold claim. When you, got, when you got a face like that and you put him in a 
mask that doesn't emote at all. Like that's a good point. They had like animatronic masks that they were going to put on him that would have been a lot better for the Green Goblin. Yeah, but and see, I liked it because I went into that movie with the cartoon, yeah. and he wore a like he kind it was basically a mask, and so I I I liked it. I don't know. I I just think it it was a missed opportunity to have him like if you. You could cast him now as the Green Goblin and do like a motion capture thing and make the mask like animate with his face, but have it still be a mask. Yeah. And I think that'd be cool. Um, but okay. We're, we're John Wick. Uh, <laughs> I, I love that we went down that rabbit hole though. I like where that went. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about the dog a little bit more. Cause I, I yes. Um, I really like, that it's not just because of the dog. He has right. that moment later in the film where he's like, that dog was the last gift that my wife gave me. And it showed me that I could love again. And then your son come in and just killed it. Like I was starting to feel better. And your son's like, no, you can't be happy. Um, like that, that whole mindset is what gets me like hooked that's in this movie like that's scene. like that's that's peak keanu like yeah is there anything in two and three that tops that as far as emotional height and emotional stake no okay there isn't. how it's about good how about performance wise oh yeah performance wise definitely but as okay. far as like gravitas of the situation yeah definitely all right I, I know broad strokes of what happens in two and three. I think part, part of part of it you told me, but yeah. I, I still don't know like details. So I know like Lawrence Fishburne shows up. Yeah. Um, and so does Jason Manzikis. Oh, wait, what? I didn't yeah, know that. Oh, damn. He's in two and three. <laughs> and oh, I didn't know he's in both of them. Ooh. Yeah, he's in both. Guess he's what I'm doing tomorrow. Uh, I hope so. Editing a podcast because we've got a bunch in the bank. Um, <laughs> all right. So let's talk about the Continental. I love it. I love this idea of like this assassin's place where they can all just chill. And they like they blow that part out of it in other movies. But I love what it is. Yeah. I, I was surprised rewatching it with Ryan because um, I turned to him to him at one point. I was like, so what do you think of the Continental? And I guess there wasn't enough information presented at that point to know what was going on there. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, he jumped the gun a little bit on that one. I'm like, it's a nice hotel. <laughs> like, <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, I, I thought it was established earlier in the film than it was. But it's not to like the kind of the end of the movie where you kind of understand like you can't do shit in this hotel. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's not until the one gets her punishment for staying for doing what she did that it's actually like 100% like curtain back. This is, this is what the continental is. Like, yeah. Because, you know, because like they kind of show like going into the beginning, like he goes into like the club and he talks to the mm -hmm. owner and you kind of get an idea about what's going on there, but they don't really say it outright. And then later on they show like a fight and then, you see the reaction to the fight and you're like, okay, well he's in the same line of work. And then 
the end happens and yay yeah it's, it's a hotel for assassins so they can you know chill <laughs> and right so they can like yeah they can like i don't know i think that's so clever and they do such cool things with the concept of the continental in the next couple movies and i love it because like not only does it blow out john wick's character it blows out the world that they have and i love that. i think they're doing a continental tv series on usa how is that going to pan out on usa I don't know, but they're also doing a Jason Bourne universe series on USA. Do they need to do these things? No. Can I just like the things I like without the rest of it? Does USA need to make money and stay relevant as a TV station? Yes. No. I mean, when they put their stuff up on Hulu anyway, like it doesn't really matter. Does it? Right. Here's the thing. They did burn notice and they did burn notice well. They can be done. They they keep hey as long as they keep pumping out psych movies every few years I'm happy. Oh, that's them. Yeah, keep going. Yeah. Uh, All right. Psych I'm movie two coming in December. I need to watch the first one. Oh, you haven't seen the first one? It's it's fun. It's sad because Lasseter's not in it that much. Yeah, but I heard he's in this one more. Yeah, he he will be because he's uh, recovered from his stroke. So good. Um. All right. So the manager of the hotel. It's played by Lance uh, Reddick. Did you recognize his name? Yeah. Did you recognize him, Devin? I did from that time he was in Hellboy. Oh, just Hellboy? He's he's one of those actors that he's also in Deadwood, right? I don't know about Deadwood. I'm thinking of two big things. One that I know you and I watched together. What is it? Lost. Who is he in Lost? So... Spoilers for Lost. Um, in season four, when Hurley's in the mental institution and they're doing this, it's the season where the boat comes to the island and there's those people. Yeah. He shows up in yeah. the mental institution. He's like, what, whatever happened to that boat? Like, just asking Hurley, like, what happened to that crew? Oh, that's him? That's him. He worked for. Wow. Uh, I need to go back and rewatch it, but he worked for the Hanzo Foundation, or that's what he, his front was. He, yeah. he was like the connection that got them to that got that boat to the island. Oh, that's cool. I remember everyone was theorizing, oh, that's Walt all grown up in time traveling. Like he was just like a mysterious figure who showed up on yeah. Lost and there was no explanation for like two years. And I, even then, I, I don't think there was one. Um, but he, 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 he was also on Fringe. If you watch that. I didn't watch Fringe. Fringe is good. I, I recommend Fringe. I, I think you would enjoy Fringe. It's got... I think you like J.J. Abrams. I do. So, so like it's produced by him. It's got like a it's like Lost meets the X-Files. Oh, so yeah. All right. It's worth it just for John Noble. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah, he plays the manager. You got Ian McShane in here uh, playing. I don't even know. Well, how would you describe Ian McShane in this? Like his character. Currently Googling Ian McShane. <laughs> he he's the guy from Deadwood. Um, oh, he's the guy from Hellboy. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I, I mix those two actors up. Um, who? He's like in charge of the Continental, right? Is he? I I don't want to spoil the other movies, but yeah, I, he's I in charge he, of the Continental. He might be. Yeah, I figured he was the owner. I mean, owner operator. Well, because we don't see him in the first, like when he first walks into the Continental. Like, is he? Oh, so I guess yeah. he's like the head of that organization. Then, like the. 
I don't want to spoil the other okay. movies for you. Okay, that's fine. The, the other movies make his position within the organization extremely, extremely clear. I, I think we messed up. We should have just done the whole trilogy in one episode. I know, right? But no, he he owns the Continental, okay. or at least manages it. Yeah, because that's kind of how I took it. That like he, how they showed him at the at the club, and then how they showed him at the end. I figured yeah. that like. You know, there's probably somebody over him, but he's the one that manages that hotel. And if something goes wrong, it's his ass on the line. So he has to take care of it. Like, that's how I took all of that, you know, and the fact that because John Wick came back for something personal, that's why he did him the favor and slipped him the note with his like drink that he had at the bar. And then I love the phone call he gave to Wick. Because of my position, I can't tell you that there's a certain person having a certain helicopter fueled at a certain spot. Like, yeah. I love that. That was perfect. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, that was great. Yeah. And that's what gets back to what I was talking about. Like, it's like the smart moments in between the action scenes of like getting getting to those action scenes. It's more interesting to me than the scenes themselves. Like, so the, here's. Go ahead. Yeah, no, you go ahead. Here's what I love about the action scenes. I mean, yeah, the gun, the gun foo that he does is really neat. And like, that's like, I, I haven't seen a lot of that. So like the first time I watched him, like tackle a guy to the ground and then like use him as cover was neat. But the movie does a really good job of signaling what's happening in the action through the use of color. And the best scene in this movie is for that is that um, the club scene. So in the movie, the motif is that anything blue is against John and anything red is for John. So any bad guy that ever gets a punch on John or hurts him in any way is wearing blue in some way, shape, or form. Anyone that he just mows down is wearing red. People wear red ties. They wear the red shirts. When he walks into the nightclub, the nightclub is lit up blue. And as he slowly kills everyone through it, you see more red mix in. And then when he leaves it at the end, it's completely red. Like the the lights in the club scene are completely red. And like that's the kind of stuff that like the action does get much. Like – Watching people gung-fu for like 20 minutes gets to be a little bit boring, but it's that kind of stuff that keeps me invested in the movie. And I will say this movie does a good job of not cutting those action scenes, the gung-fu to hell. Like it's, you can kind of follow the action when it, when it does cut. Like it's not like law, like a, I think when they first invade his house, there's a good chunk of time where it's just one shot. Like it's maybe not one shot, like continuous, but it's it's easy to follow the action and follow where John is in that house. Whereas some yeah. movies will have, like I think uh, Taken Two has a scene where Liam Neeson jumps a fence. I was just gonna mention that, and there are twenty cuts of him j- in the th- five seconds it takes him to jump the fence. Yep. Which did is, you get that from Honest Trailers, or did you get that because that's just like a, a known cinema thing? I think that's just a known editing thing. And is I, it? And if I brought up the Bohemian Rhapsody thing again, Ryan's going to kill me. I am going to kill you. <laughs> I'm already glaring at you for even mentioning it. Uh, I didn't, though. Okay, so... Um, but yeah, no, but the, that's not an action scene. No, um, no, I know, yeah. I know, I know. Um, the, thing with the, the thing with the gunplay... Gun Fu, both of you, looking at you negatively. <laughs> That's a thing. That's a Gun term. Gun Fu is an actual Kung term. Fu, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because of these movies, who came up with this gun 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 Fu thing? So in the Matrix, one of the programs that they have, they have Kung Fu, and then right below it is Gun Fu. 
it's actually in the matrix. It's actually in the shot, in the scene, in the thing no, where he's downloading I, uh, no, everything into his brain. I'm, I'm just messing with you. No, it's not. That's yeah. why I'm asking. No, it, it is a it is a term that is I've seen used before. Okay. To to describe like the kind of fighting that is in this. Okay. So, okay. so when it comes to that, the one thing that I knew about this movie and and these movies before even talking about them with you guys is the fact that Keanu Reeves trained in. Uh, in uh, in close counter, uh, uh, I really don't want to use the term kung fu. <laughs> Wasn't it Krav Maga? Um, not Krav Maga. I'm talking about guns. He trained oh. in close counter fire uh, situations. There are videos you can find online of him at ranges where they actually practice tactical stuff where you shoot the shotgun like three or four times in different directions. You move forward, you put it down on its sling, you pull up your sidearm, you shoot at what you're looking at. Then you bring up another weapon and go through Keanu has gone through this stuff and he knows what he's doing. And in this movie, they showed that there are a few times when they do the whole Hollywood gun thing and they don't show them taking the safety on and off or they don't show them really you know, and they don't show how long it actually takes to put a magazine or put a clip into a gun. And in this movie, they did like they made it a point when he was behind the SUV in front of the church. They made it a point to show how long it actually takes to put a, uh, to put a magazine slash clip into a firearm. Because that yeah. scene was like two to three seconds where they actually showed him take out the bottom one, put up the other one and lock it in place in most movies, they don't even show. Is that, that. after he knocks somebody down and the, like the guy's getting back up, and by the time he's up, he shoots him again because he reloaded? I know that happens no, that's at one point. A different point. scene. Okay, I like that one. That one happened just after the the club scene. Yeah, I'm talking about when he's out front of the church. Okay, and the father's there, and he's trying to take him down, but then the but then the older brother comes in with the other black SUV and like pushes the one SUV next to him, and he flies across the parking lot. But um. Like they actually show several times when he's dealing with his uh, pistols, like he's putting uh, he's putting the rounds in and he's hitting the button to lock it in place or he's taking the safety off. Like he's doing all of these things they don't normally show in these films. And I loved that. And they actually showed him do the whole sling thing where he, he had the uh, uh he had the assault rifle and he dropped it on the sling. He brought up his sidearm and shot like three people with it. Then he spun around and the sling went out and he caught the gun again. Like this is all stuff that he's been training for. And that was him. Like that wasn't some like, like gun expert. Like he's been training for this for years. And from, I mean, he could compete cause there's actual competitions for this stuff. Just like for clay oh, wow. shooting and for like the competitive rifle shooting they do down at Camp Perry every year where it's just like 100 yard and 200 yard competitive shooting with like 22s like they have tack stuff and he he could do it he's that good like that's all him like that's one thing i know like when it comes to the gun stuff they did not use a stunt person <laughs> yeah. plus he's the one well true he's, he's also the one <laughs> Yeah, but that's one of the things I was most impressed with with this movie because you don't see a lot of like actual like like gun handling, like true gun handling, yeah, like in reality. And they showed that in this, and I was happy about that. 
it outside even outside of the guns like that f- close hand-to-hand combat is really good too oh yeah it, it, it all is um yeah, yeah I, I i think that shows because the director of this was the starting coordinator on the matrix i didn't know that yeah i think he was the director i don't think he did two i think it's a different director for two but actually no there were two directors on one one is uncredited but all right so what else is there to talk about with john wick so i I have theories about each of the John Wick movies, and some of them are informed by people on the internet, and some of them are, like, just things that I, like, you know, keep kind of predicating based on what what I think, like, what they've said. Okay. This, each John Wick movie is a blend of two genres, I believe. Okay. Uh, and again, part of this is what, what I believe, and part of it's what I hear on the internet. Um, number one... I solidly believe is a mythology action movie. I think number two is a musical video game. And number three is a ballet Western. Um, But if I were to tell you that I think number one is um, like a mythological action movie in such that he is literally fighting Mount Olympus such that he's working his way to the top. Um, You have like Zeus who is at the end like that's like the the guy you, he kills his son. He's like smited by the sun. One of the places that he kills like a bunch of people is like in like a, a hot tub area, which like could be Greek an analog for like Poseidon. Mm-hmm. Like, I I strongly think that's a thing here. Hmm. And I think that's a motif they're going for. And I think part of that is in number two, a character that's new to number two walks past the Greek gods that he kills in this movie or that like their analogs for in this movie. It makes sense to me because every single time he goes into a fight, like it, it, it goes up in level of intensity. It, the, uh, the scenery is very specific. I mean, it, to me, I thought that the, uh, the son's friend playing the video game, at the safe house was kind of like an allude to like, look, this is a video game movie because every time he, uh, he gets into a fight, it it gets harder and harder. Just like a video game. I mean, it could be both. Yeah. Like there, there's definitely like parallels to both. So you're fighting the gods and they're getting hotter and harder, but you're also fighting new bosses each level. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I can definitely see it. Yeah. I mean, and then you've got like the mini boss before the actual boss would be the mayhem guy versus like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in, in number. OK, that's the one thing I wanted to bring up. I'm going to drop my analogy quick. How did you guys feel about him actually killing and like how how satisfying do you think was the death of the son? So like the one criticism I'll hear level against this movie is that that death in particular was pretty anticlimactic. He sees him. He's in the foreground. John Wick shoots him in his stomach. He comes up. He like says a thing, and then he walks away. I mean, I think at that point he's more out for his father than anything. Yeah, because his father's the one who turns on him completely and like puts the hit on him. So once yeah. that happens, I don't think I don't think Theon is the the main goal. I think he's just an obstacle on the way to that main goal. Got it. I. I can see that. Um, I I also feel that 
his rage in a way is part of it too. Plus how they reverse tropes, like you're saying before, like everybody is expecting John to like spill his heart out and like, just really like mouth off at the guy when really his plan was to kill him. Yeah. Like his revenge was just to kill him. So a shot in the stomach and a shot in the head right away, even though, yeah, it's not the best for an action film for the guy that, you know, ended, you know, the one that basically gave the the order to, who gave the order to kill the dog. That's exactly how it should have go. Like there shouldn't be anything said. It'd just be, you're dead. Like that's it. And then of course, at that point too, he has the hit out on him. So at that point it's, I'm going to take care of the son that I'm going after you. So, um, any other, what do you have any other theories you want to share with us that aren't too spoilery for two and three? Those are the only ones that aren't spoilery for two and three, because once we start talking about things that I don't think I thought about is in depth. If I just took one at face value, like the coins or like the continental, like those kinds of things. Like once we start talking about that kind of stuff, I have a lot of other theories and a lot of other like talking points, but like, what did you guys think about the coins? I liked how the coins were used as bartering for everything within the assassin's lifestyle. Because yeah. one thing I like about this movie that they don't show in a lot of other action movies is, yay, got a, dead, a bunch of dead bodies in my house. And then, boom, they cut to the person going on a plane out to Europe or something. They don't explain how. So what's going to happen when the maid shows up in three days or when your neighbors start complaining in a week and a half because there's six rotten bodies in your living room because you just killed them all. Like right. they actually showed that, hey, look, old, there's a cleaning service that comes in and takes care of that. And I think it was what, like a like a like a, uh, a coin for each body, because it's what it seemed like. Yeah. When uh, because when the owner or the owner operator of the hotel gets the one body cleaned up, he just gives that old guy one coin. But yeah. Keanu gave him like seven. Yeah, I think it was 12 bodies. So I don't think it was actually a coin per body. Uh, so do we learn more about the history of the coins and what they mean? All of it. Okay. Sweet. All of it. They, what, what, not only do they expand on like John wick and you learn more about him, but you learn more about the world of the assassins, the continental, the coins, like everything that might've seemed intriguing in here. They're like, yeah, we'll talk about all of it. Sweet. Um, so I think I told you about this when it happened, but they did do a, a Fortnite crossover with John wick. Yeah, and then his house, right? They ha- his house is still in the game. So if you go into the basement of his house, there's a panel on the floor where if you break it open, there's like three loot chests where you can get I... guns. It's fantastic. <sighs> but they also put in the Continental at one point. Oh. So they had the Continental in the game. And if you walked into the Continental, you couldn't shoot anyone. You couldn't do damage to anybody. It yes. was just it was, it was a safe zone. So that's so cool. But they had like a, they had a mode where you could, for each kill, you collected coins. Whoever had the most coins by the end of the game won. Uh, and they had a bunch of rewards for it. So one of the rewards was a back bling of just the coin. Oh, so, so I got that. Um, yeah, I play Fortnite. Don't judge me. I, uh, I, I actually haven't played in a while. Uh, Are you okay? It's yeah, all right. I've been busy. All right. I felt like, oh, okay. I felt like, I felt like 12 podcasts to, to edit. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Um, no, if, if you ask my wife, me not playing Fortnite's not a bad thing. 
<laughs> I've actually been uh, going hard into Arkham Asylum or no, Arkham Knight. I haven't played that one. Uh, it's fantastic. I got it for like 10 bucks off of Steam on a Steam sale with all the DLC. I was one of those dumb people that's like, well, the PC port was bad, so I'm not playing it. it they, like, they fixed it. Just... They fixed it. I'm sure they fixed it. I'm sure they fixed it. Like, I'm just you know, I was on Steam. and I, It says you haven't been on Steam in like a year and a half. Yeah, I haven't. It's sad. I've never been on Steam. You should get on Steam. Steam's fun. Computer games. We, we should all get together and just play Star Wars Battlefront 2 from 2005. <gasps> oh, the good one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yay. Okay, we're all aboard. Just saying, like, I've, I've got my games that I play, and I don't play them that often. That's why I don't have Steam. That'll be... I have my console, and I have my four games I play, and I'm fine. <laughs> Speaking of consoles, uh, look what my in-laws brought the other week. Oh. PlayStation Whoa, 1. Oh, that's really cool. It's, it's, my, it's my wife's PlayStation. Oh, that that's I have so just neat. not set up yet. I'm going to set it up on the monitor that we watch Devin on and just play Crash Bandicoot yes. all the time. Oh, that's all you need to play on it all the time. Crash Bandicoot, Spyro the Dragon. I'm set. Oh, you're having a good time. Yep. We're talking about a movie, right? Yeah, well, I think so. Uh, John Wick. <laughs> oh, one oh, thing yeah. I wanted to bring up was the cars. The vehicles. I have an issue oh, yeah. with the cars, but go ahead and say what you're going to say. So he drives a Mustang at first and a very, very nice Mustang. I should say I'm not a Ford person, not a Mustang person, but if I could have a Mustang, it would be the night. It would be the 1969 GT. Um, I thought it was a 70. That's what the Russian thought. Okay. And Keanu corrects him for the 69. Um, and then he gets a Chevelle. <laughs> um, that is my favorite Chevy. So oh, I, was yeah? just, I was happy to see that. And then he gets like a high end newer Dodge, like Challenger, Charger, whatever the four door sport. I'm yeah. happy that thing got destroyed. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> you like the Chevelle better. Well, I mean, I'm sorry, but you go from you go from having the two of the part you know two of like the five most iconic muscle cars of all time and then you mm-hmm. get like a modern dodge like family sedan like kind of a sports car thing like they should have kept the theme going you go so, from champagne to lacroix <laughs> go some champagne to to white claw white claw oh that's a better one um so i have i have an issue with the uh the gas station scene I, I think I know what it is. And I think I picked it up. Um, so the plates on John Wick's car all say New Jersey. So why is he pumping his own gas? Oh, I didn't pick up on that. That's a good point. Because the majority of people in this country do. And I think if they... Not in New Jersey. No, 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 no. no. I know that. What I'm saying is that the majority oh. of the country, except for like New, New Jersey and maybe one other state, don't pump their own gas. Like... Everybody yeah. pumps their own gas, except for New Jersey and like one other state. Yeah. I feel that it was just a, a thing to have them like talk together because they probably filmed in Jersey or the cars from Jersey. And that's why they have the Jersey. I mean, on they're it. right outside of New York, so it wouldn't be. It's set in New Jersey. It's set in Jersey. So I just I think it's just I, I have an issue with it. John Wick <laughs> is fake issue. news. I mean, it's just a continuity thing. Like it's, it 
Yeah. It's a factual error. It's probably just because they need because they needed him outside the car. They, they needed need him outside the car. They needed him to interact. They needed to have that meet cute, if you will. Oh, that was a meet cute. Is that we, a, is that a movie term? No, kinda. It's like a it's like in a romantic comedy where the the wedding planner meets the guy and think he's thinks he's cute. Okay. Uh, and like has a crush on him. And, but it was she, a meet cute. But for she the doesn't car. know that he he's the groom that she's about to work for. Yeah. That kind of thing. It's yeah. it's like a You're nice. Like, oh. It's like them meeting and like. It was a meet cute for re- the car. That's what it sure. was. No, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was meet cute for the car. <laughs> but I mean, uh, seriously, like, to me, that that's for like a movie thing. That's like that would be like me having an issue with the uh, Dark Knight. Uh, uh, movie because all of the cars have Illinois license plates, but it's the skyline of Pittsburgh. Yeah, you know what? I, I mean, get that that okay. irri- I feel like that irritates That's, me more than this irritating you. The, the the skyline in the Dark Knight trilogy is the most effed up geological mess. <laughs> it's everything. Like, oh. like, 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 just doing the skyline for the football stadium in Pittsburgh. And then having all of the cars having the Illinois license plates screws the entire thing. I mean, it, they don't really ever say what state Gotham is in. So Gotham would be so much more disappointing Gotham's in Illinois, supposed to though. Be New York, not as disappointing as if it was Pittsburgh. Oh, I mean, absolutely. But like, I don't know how does I live in Gotham, Illinois? Like, I don't know. I don't love no, that. No, 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 no. Like Gotham, Goth- it's New York. Go- no. That's what I thought. I always thought, and even reading on fan sites, that Gotham in this like like DC universe is basically swapped out with New York City. Like New York Manhattan doesn't exist. Okay, it's Gotham. Okay, this is going to be interesting. Um, I've always been of the mindset that Metropolis is New York, and Gotham is like New Jersey, like Jersey City, like. Probably like closer to like where Atlantic City is. So further down. So further down. So Jersey or Delaware. Like okay. in the DC universe, there's actually something to do in Delaware and it's crime. <laughs> you Devin, know what? what According you to Wikipedia, you're right, Alan. Wh- which one? Delaware or Jersey? Uh, it's Jersey. Yeah. In that, in that metro city or metropolis is across the street. Yeah. So, or across the river, I guess in Batman v Superman, Metropolis would be New York, and then Gotham would be Newark because it's right across like the river. You could see it's just a quick flight for Superman, yeah, really, literally seconds, but but far enough away that they have their own newspaper and like own crime bosses and stuff, own everything, like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. That part yes. makes it tough for me. So but whatever, I'm not to backtrack half the way on this. Yes, but yeah. So <laughs> I understand you like seeing the Jersey license plates and going there, pumping their own gas, and having that like stick in your head. I, 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 I get it. I understand it because whenever I watch The Dark Knight, which is very rarely at this point, when I see the Pittsburgh skyline and they cut to where he's driving cars that say Illinois on streets that I have walked down in Chicago. That irritates the crap out of me, like to no end. I mean, I think in Dark Knight, it's it's more acceptable in Dark Knight than it is in Dark Knight Rises because they filmed that all over the place. But Dark Knight was Chicago and Chicago only. Yeah. So 
I mean, just or like, I might be thinking of Dark Knight Rises. I get all those movies. Dark Knight Rises is all over the place. Yeah. Because uh, didn't they flip the semi truck in Pittsburgh? No, that was, was that, that, was Chicago? A, that was Chicago. That was Chicago. Yeah. See. Okay. So yeah, it was the Dark Knight Rises. That's the one that gets under my skin because it's like Chicago, New York, Chicago, Pittsburgh, New York, Pittsburgh. Like, there's no like. No offense, no... Devin, but one of those things is not like the other. Oh, it's absolutely not Pittsburgh. I love you, but it's not the same. If they would have like used Pittsburgh for Gotham instead of Chicago and stuck with Pittsburgh, I would be okay with that because everything would be similar. The architecture would make sense. I, I really, okay. So going off on a tangent on the dark Knight rises, I really think Christopher Nolan did not care about that movie. (laughs) No, I don't think he did at all. I think he was contracted. he, He was contracted to do it and had to, but like nope. Devin, we were in that football stadium. I know they, they I know. didn't care. Like there they no. was a cool sequence at all, but they they left like the Heinz logo in there. Like the uh-huh. stadium wasn't even like they didn't even throw the CG in there for it. Nope. Like they like uh, didn't care. They were like, whatever. We're just doing it here. He's like, I got a movie I want to make with Matthew McConaughey. Let's just wrap this up and. And isn't in one doesn't at one point he like references like a real football team too like or, or like for some point like they were like oh well we're going against the Gotham City you know Gotham's or whatever and they're like oh yeah but then the Patriots next week and it's like why are we in a world where the Patriots exist now well because the Patriots I'm trying to like find what the line is and I can't find it yeah I I don't know like I just found it funny that they actually got Pittsburgh Steelers players to stand on the sideline for that. Oh. I mean, Heinz Ward is the one who's actually running with the ball and yeah, did I know. the stunt. Like yeah. it's, and there's a bunch of other the Batmobile that one time we saw him. Yeah, and there's a bunch of other Steeler players too. Like in that pan shot when they're all mm-hmm. on the oh, sideline, yeah. those were all Steelers players. Like mm-hmm. not just him. Yeah. Um, anyway, John Wick. <laughs> <laughs> so the movie has uh, a happy ending. He gets a dog that's not dead. Yeah, that he, he randomly it. steals he from a like a lab, an experimental a lab. It was a vet, right? So he stole somebody's yeah. dog. Well, yeah, I mean, or was it a stray? Like, I feel like John Wick's I, a good enough guy that he would make sure he wasn't stealing somebody else's dog. No, I thought it was. I always took it as like it was a shelter, and like it was in my head canon. It's a high kill shelter, and he knew it's a high kill shelter, and he got him out. But it's probably just a dog shelter. Uh, if that's a dog shelter, I want to know what their monthly rate is. <laughs> that thing was either an exper that place was either an experimental lab or a vet. And if it was an ex- and if it was a lab, yes, he got the dog out and he should have taken the rest of the dogs with him. If it was a vet, he stole somebody's dog. And Keanu in this movie is a good guy for being an assassin. But I wouldn't put it past him to be like, oh, this dog looks cute. I'm taking it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm with you. No, I'm with you. Okay. So a little bit of uh, fantasy sequel stuff. John Wick versus what's the fight that you want to see the most? Who do you want to see fight John Wick? Movies or television? What character? Gerard Butler in uh, Olympus Has Fallen. That Ooh, character. Okay. That's a good one. Ryan, do you got one? Sylvester Stallone from First Blood. 
Rambo? Yes! Rambo before Alan? he was Rambo. Rambo from First Blood. What about the Weird Al parody of Rambo against John Wick? No, I'd rather... Damn it, you stole my... No. No, I would <laughs> rather... If I was going to do a funny one, I would rather do um, the parody that they did of Rambo in Hot Shots Part 2. With Charlie Sheen. With Charlie Sheen. I'd rather have Charlie Sheen being Rambo fighting John Wick than have Weird Al playing Rambo fight John Wick. Good. All right. Devin, I think you'll appreciate this one more than Ryan will. Jack yeah. Bauer. Oh. Oh, man. There'd be so much whisper yelling. Yeah. And the, the, I love gung, it. the gung fu would just be crazy. It would be good. Yeah. That's a good one. I'm excited. I'm excited for what to watch two and three now. I can't wait to hear what you guys think. If we don't do a podcast on it, I at least want to talk to you guys. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we'll do one on two. I think we'll, we should at least watch to three so we can uh, do it at the end of the year. Cause I feel like that is going to be at, at the top of our list. You guys got to watch it. Yeah. All right. So I think that's it for this week for you have to watch this podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. I'm Devin. And we'll see you next week. Bye.